Hey guys, it's my birthday. I'm turning 28 today, literally today, June 11th. I'm so excited. It's not really a marker year or anything, but I'm just excited for another year that I've lived and been able to bless and serve people. So uh, I wanted to share 28 lessons that I've learned in the 28 years of my life, uh, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but I have learned a lot of lessons. So stay tuned. The System Save Me podcast shares how business owners navigate their way to success through processes, systems, and routines. Your host, Jordan Gill, is behind the scenes of top business owners who travel the world while earning six and seven figures a year. There's a method to the madness. It's called systems. So let's get down to business. We're going to start pretty broad, and then I'll get a little intimate, and then we'll go back broad because nobody just wants to hear all the crazy. Number one is that people respect you more for being yourself than being like them. And I think that this lesson honestly learned pretty early on, oddly enough. Uh, Not to say that I didn't suffer from the typical high school things where you want to fit in, you know, you want to be in the cool crowd, all of that stuff. But I also realized early on that a lot of times I didn't like what everybody else liked to do. I, and that was okay in my opinion. Uh, so I, you know, I did do the cheerleading thing. I did do a few other things that I guess are considered popular, but I never did them because I wanted to be more like everybody else. Um, especially in college, there were a lot, obviously in college, everybody's getting drunk and wasted and crazy. And I literally can tell you I'm probably 10 fingers that's how many times I actually went out and drank. Not got, you know, that was how many times I got blackout wasted. That's probably the amount of times I like drank, drank. So I, you know, just, I was okay being at home and Netflix, I don't even think I had Netflix back then. Whatever, red boxing, I don't know what I did, but I wasn't drinking. And so I was spending a lot of times going and picking up everybody from drinking or, you know, spending time, quality time with people because quality time is my love language. And I liked it better. And it's funny looking back, you know, I talk with my friends who knew me in college or high school or whatever. And they're like, you know, like, it was really cool that you just were okay being you. And maybe at the time they were like, come on, Jordan, like, stop being ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. But looking back, they're like, you know, that actually was pretty cool. And, you know, sometimes they're they're wishing that they were able to stand up and say, you know, I didn't really like to drink either, but I just was doing it because everybody else was doing it. I wish I would have stayed back with you more often than I did. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I think that was, that was a lesson that I learned pretty early on. Like I said, that people respect you more for being yourself than being like them. And the second lesson or thing is that serendipitous moments have given me more joy than planned ones. You'll learn throughout this podcast that I am a major planner, uh, and I don't think I can really help myself. It just, it's how my brain naturally works. However, one, serendipity is my favorite word of all time, which basically just means happy accidents and things that just obviously aren't planned, but bring you a lot of joy. And I can look back at my life when I 
took risks or decided to do something last minute. And I had so much fun doing that. I I really... And I honestly, looking back, I think it's both times that are planned and unplanned that have gone wrong. You know, there's not really one side that's heavy, like, okay, every time I plan something, it goes wrong. Or every time I don't plan something, it goes wrong. It honestly, it, it's it's like everything else in life, you know, chance, you know, 50-50, who knows if it's going to go right or wrong. And I, I do, though, look back at at random moments that brought me a lot of joy. Like when I first moved to Buffalo, New York for high school, uh, it was the middle of my sophomore year. Didn't know anybody. It didn't seem like anybody cared about me. So that was cool. Uh, and I'm actually going to go to my 10 year reunion this year, oddly enough, next month. Uh, and when I first moved there, again, I didn't have a whole lot of friends or any. And so I decided two months in that I was going to run for vice president. Not planned. I really don't even know why I thought that was a good idea. I guess I it really, I think was because I wanted everybody to know my name. Just like, Hey, FYI, everybody, there's a new girl. Her name's Jordan Gill and I'm here. Hello. Uh, because I'm not a stage person. I'm not somebody who, you know, dreams of, of speaking on big stages and auditoriums and stadiums. I'm like super cool being in the back green room, eating the pop chips and drinking the Sprite, you know, like that. (laughs) I would be totally a-okay with that. Uh, so I just, it was awesome because I actually won vice presidency, which I don't think anybody saw coming, including myself. So it's just, you know, thinking of moments like that where I didn't really plan to come to the new high school and try and be no like super known that really gave me a lot of joy and I've got a lot of friends and it it just it was really really awesome. Lesson number 3 is when I isolate myself, I become really selfish. And this one honestly is getting more deep because I am a very 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 highly anxious person. And when I get anxious, I just want to hang out by myself. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'll turn my phone off. I will literally not leave my house for three days and I will just coop myself up because I don't want anybody to know that I'm anxious. And a lot of times people don't really know when I'm anxious because I'm an internal processor. So I usually end up getting sick. So if you hear me getting sick, it usually is from anxiety and This lesson honestly came just when I isolate myself, I become really selfish. It came from the fact that uh, last year, I guess in 2017, there was a moment where I was super anxious, business was going okay and whatever. And I was about to go on like a two week adventure with one of my biz besties. And I literally just wanted to sit at my house and do nothing for those two weeks rather than go see people, rather than go adventure, all of that stuff. And my biz bestie, thankfully, said, you know what? I really, 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 really think you should go. And I understand that you may not think that that's the best idea right now, but I promise you that like, I'm going to be there for you. Like, let's do this thing together. And it was the best decision because again, there have been moments where I have isolated myself and that's when I just get in this really gross mood of, the world revolves around me and, you know, woe is me. I'm by myself. La la la. Like gross. And so it's like, you know what? Whenever I feel 
like I need to isolate myself, uh, I actually do what is now tied to number four, which is I give. So number four is when I feel like I have nothing to give, I give more. So again, when I'm anxious, I isolate myself. I don't want to talk to anybody. I feel like I have zero energy. But when I feel like that, when I feel like there's nothing I can give, no time, no money, no energy, no nothing, I really push myself to give more. And that can look like a variety of things that can look like going and volunteering at domestic violence centers, which I super, super enjoy, or going and helping somebody, you know, I'm picking leaves out of my lawn, I'll go pick leaves out of somebody else's lawn. It it can be as simple as, as those sorts of things, or it, it comes in a variety of, of things. But number four, I really love because when I feel like I have nothing to give, I give more. And so many people have the same mentality. And if you do, then I would challenge you to check yourself on that a little bit. So, and then number five, so this will need to be censored, but it is stop bull****. And the reason that this is number five is because I don't know about you, but I can convince myself of anything. I am very persuasive to myself. I can convince myself that, you know, the president of Africa wants to marry me tomorrow. Like just crazy, crazy stuff. And I, I also think that I, I just, I sometimes can live in my own reality. And so why number five is number five is because I need to stop BSing. I need to stop playing these crazy games inside my head and recognize reality and live in it sometimes, right? So if you're like that with me, I mean, if you are like that, like me, then that message is for you too. Number six is the best moments aren't captured. I think a lot of times when social media and and all of that stuff, we think, oh, like, you know, we're doing all these cool things. We have to put on Instagram or we have to put it here. We have to save the moment or else it never happened, blah, blah, blah. And again, when I look back at my past and the best moments and the moments that just gave me so much joy were moments that aren't on Instagram. Like they were not captured. There's no picture of them. It just were either conversations or explorations or discoveries that I had with other people or with myself. And I didn't post it on Instagram. And so again, I think that there's this whole thing of Instagram is, is just a culmination of the highlight reel when really like the highlight reel is one of those things that's like just purely going to be saved in my memory bank because one, I forget to take pictures all the time anyway. So that's that. But two, really the best moments are the ones that you're present for. And so that was a lesson that I just really had to learn, not necessarily like in depth. However, it's just a really good reminder because sometimes we can get wrapped up in it, especially because for me, I'm in my own business. And so I'm like, oh, I have to capture everything when it's like, not play a stop. Lesson number seven is just like a funny one, but I, the lesson is that, well, I guess things I've learned about myself is that when I see something I want to do that is out of my comfort zone, lean into it. 
So for example, I was in Aspen, Colorado with my family for one summer. We're walking around and all of a sudden I see this person parasailing. I didn't know what it was at the time, but that's what it was. Parasailing. They were going down the mountain. And I was like, I am not an adrenaline junkie, but I want to do that. I have no idea what that is, but let's find out. So we walked around town. We were pointing at saying, what is that? Like, how do we get involved in that? They're like, oh, go down to Aspen Parasailing, um, right over here, blah, blah, blah. Or not, not parasailing. Jeez. We're in Aspen, Colorado. Paragliding. Aye, aye, aye. Paragliding. And so we go in, we sign up for the next day. My sister and I went and we literally went up this super high mountain and then we put our little gear on. We had a guy on the back of us and we just legit ran off the mountain and somehow the wind carried us down and it was insane. And it it was one of the most fun things I've ever done and not on the, it wasn't planned. Again, I'm not an adrenaline junkie. And yet I tried it and I really enjoyed it. So just a reminder to myself that yes, you do know yourself really well and you know what you like and you don't like, but also don't be afraid and put yourself in a box just because you think you just want to stay in this one arena. Lesson number eight is really scary, (laughs) I guess, for me to admit Honestly, I've never given my all in any of my intimate relationships. And it's, I guess, you know, people say, oh, there's kind of two sides when you tell people this. So there's a side of, oh, that's so good. You've guarded your heart. You know, you, you only want to give that to who you're going to end up with. Like, good for you. There's that side. Then there's the other side of people looking at me with so much pity and so much sadness. And they're just like, wait, what? You've like never fully loved somebody. You've never like indulged in a relationship. And here's the thing. I've had good and bad relationships and I have really enjoyed people's company and I have liked them a lot, cared about them a lot. And I, at the time used the word love because I didn't know really. And so, but looking back, you know, the, there was a an element of selfishness that I still had that there's no way if you love somebody that you still carry with you. And so this isn't necessarily a lesson per se. It's more of just things I've learned about myself uh, that I've really never given my all. And, you know, I've been single minus like a three month stint. I had like a three month relationship. But besides that, I've been single for four years and the relationship prior to that was honestly a doozy. And so I just, I didn't really want to date after that because it was just not a good experience. And so I actually ended up getting a relationship coach who you heard actually just last week, the amazing Kira Sabin. And she had me realize that like, girl, these are not boundaries. These are brick walls. Like you are, and rightfully so after the experience that I had, but also not good if I want to move into something else further. And a lot of my things when it comes to intimate relationships have to do with control. I need to feel in control for a variety of reasons that actually will probably be its own podcast episode. However, you know, I just, I don't like to feel hurt. It doesn't feel good. 
And so I would rather not experience the ecstasy and the highest level of love. I would rather sacrifice that just so that I know I'm not going to get hurt. And, you know, sometimes it makes me sad. Sometimes, you know, I'm like, okay, whatever. However, it's, it's, it's the truth. I probably, I've never given my all in any of my intimate relationships. Uh, And not to say that I had like my one toe in, one toe out cheating all over the place. Just... I I didn't really ever feel like that relationship was going to move toward marriage. And so then I never actually put in the work that I know that I would if I thought it was going to go toward marriage, if that makes sense. So number nine is that honestly, I, this is again, something that I learned about myself is that honestly, my parents are not the typical rich parents. I can say that because all of you can look up how much my dad makes and you guys would all be like, okay, like that's a lot. And so I, but it's funny because, you know, my first job growing up, I was never required to have a job. Uh, however, I was super, you know, misindependent. And so I actually, my first job was at a factory. <laughs> and when you picture a factory, yes, like factory factory where you know you're working in really crummy (laughs) environments with crackheads and you know people who didn't graduate high school which there's nothing against the high school thing kind of a little bit about the crack you should probably stop but you know it wasn't the best of environments and I don't even know if I don't think my parents really actually understood how bad it was because if they did they probably wouldn't have let me have that job but you know i worked and worked my butt off and made a ton of money in the actual well ton of money for being 15 or however old I was in the summer because I wanted my own money and another funny thing is when I moved to Miami uh, my dad was very like you need to live in a gated community you know typical rich people thing to say he wants me to be secure and you know and it was funny so we found this gated community but it wasn't really if you looked at it uh, there was a gate but it was broken half the time anyway it wasn't the day that we went and it's funny so I stayed there and literally I bought like a twin bed for like 200 bucks it laid on the floor I had two you know those clear plastic three drawer I don't even know like drawers that you usually put like arts and crafts or something in those were my nightstands I had two of those and then like everything was on the floor because we just had no furniture. We were, I was so broke and, but honestly it was one of the most happiest times of my life because I met some amazing people. I was doing an internship for seven months and like, it didn't matter that my bed was on the floor. Like I didn't care, you know, I'm 22. I'm in Miami. I'm super broke. Like this is life. And so honestly, I'm really grateful that my parents drew the line of okay she she needs to be bailed out because like this is a problem versus like you know she should just learn the lesson of being broke at 22 and she'll be fine (laughs) so um it's just something I'm really really grateful for and number 10 is don't feel rushed by other people's timelines this is definitely a lesson because here's the thing people feel really inferior If you don't want to live the same life that they do. And I've recognized this because, and not to say that my life 
is razzle dazzle. However, I don't really want a mediocre life. That's not really something that I'm interested in. And I also, you know, have made some decisions of, you know, I don't think I want to be a mother. And I have some other, which actually brings me to number 11 in a hot second. And I, you know, want to travel the world and I want to do all these things. And people who want to be mothers or, you know, don't want to have a business or stuff like that. Sometimes they feel like when I say I want a business, I don't want kids, that they should feel offended by their decision to want kids and to not want a job. That is not my intention. Girl, somebody's got to procreate the earth. Somebody has got to keep the world going, the population going. Okay. That won't be me, (laughs) but I'm super glad that you're doing that. Right. I don't. And it's so interesting how people then pressure you because people fear being alone more than anything else, which I don't necessarily have that fear oddly enough, but people really fear being alone. Like they would rather be in a mediocre relationship than be alone. They would rather be, have a mediocre job than be alone. All these things. And, and I just have it so set in my mind that I can't even think what alone would look like. Like that doesn't even, and again, I came from a very secure household. So it's interesting then when you, when you share what it is that you want in life, which brings me to lesson number 11, people feel like then they need to change your mind, uh, or give you advice or whatever, unsolicited advice. And number 11 is a list of things that quite frankly, piss me off. And the first question is, why are you single? As if I am, first off, I'm 28. I literally just turned 28 yesterday. So why am I single? Well, because I choose to be single and I'm happy and I'm okay being single. Is that a problem for you? Does that make you uncomfortable? The fact that I'm happy by myself and you are unhappy in a relationship? It's a lot of those, whatever, judgments. I shouldn't say that, but YOLO. Then the other thing that pisses me off You'll want kids someday. Or I can just not want kids because that's okay for me to say. And, you know, don't press your your wants and your needs and your desires onto me because I surely as heck am not for you. I don't tell everybody they need to be an entrepreneur. I don't tell everybody that they shouldn't have kids. I don't tell everybody that they should own a dog. All these different things, you know. We all do want to do our own lives and that's totally okay. These two go hand in hand. Smile more and you should relax. I don't like either of these things. Don't ever tell them to me. I honestly don't think anybody likes being told either of these things. Because I think the smile more thing is usually from men. And here's the thing. If you actually had something for me to smile about, I would smile. But the fact that you are lazy enough to tell me to smile more just makes me want to punch you in the face. And the you should relax is I'm... 
how do you actually know what my relax looks like? One and two, I'll choose to relax when I want to. Thank you. Lesson number 12 is, yeah, it's more just a hurtful moment, I, I guess. Uh, one of the most hurtful moments was when my dad actually got fired from my alma mater. And if anybody has had their parents ever get fired, then I totally have been there. I understand and I feel your pain. What the, the hardest moment was, one, my, my dad was a public figure at the university that I was getting my degree at. And to have an entire school of like 26,000 people want your dad fired and we're saying things like he's not a good leader and he's the worst and you know he put us back a bunch of years and all of this stuff when I'm telling you guys right now my father is the best human being on the entire earth and he is so like he can do no wrong in my eyes which I guess is a problem but it was so hurtful to have people say things like that about my dad who I know is one of the most wonderful people and especially from now you know I have a degree from this university and you know I had to be around people who were talking about this sort of incident so it was it was really hard but a a good lesson that I learned out of it was actually how strong I am at biting my tongue (laughs) Uh, it, it, t- it takes a lot to have me like want to claw your face off because there were lots of moments and lots of things said where I wanted to hurl this person into the sewer and I didn't, you know, I either smiled or moved on or didn't talk to them or whatever else. So that was a good lesson to learn. Number 13 is just funny. Uh, I kind of secretly want to be Martha Stewart, not jail Martha Stewart but just Martha Stewart and the fact that she can cook anything and this is really weird because most people are like oh you are like super duper entrepreneur business work 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 what do you mean you want to be Martha Stewart that doesn't make any sense and you know I really want to be one of those people where I could just like whip up croissants and when people come over I always have like a cake in the cake stand I don't know. It's weird, but it is what it is. And honestly, in the near future, I want to take three months and do a cooking immersion somewhere, uh, somewhere abroad. But I would love to really hone my skills in the cooking arena. Lesson number 14. I'm a, I'm not a starter. I'm a finisher. So that's why I hang out with all ideas people. <laughs> number 15. I'm always down to meet up with people from the past, minus a few of them. They can just stay in the past. And I think that that's really fun because I went to three different high schools growing up. You know, I went to college in a different state. I went to, I moved around a lot at different, for different jobs. And I met a ton of freaking people and I had 12 internships. So I knew a ton of freaking people. And it's always such a joy when I'm in Dallas and someone's in town and they're like, Hey, I know we haven't talked since like high school, but like, can we hang out? Yeah, we can hang out. That'd be so much fun. Or, Hey, you know, they want to reach out for one reason or another. They want to hop on the phone because they're wanting to start a business and I haven't talked to them since middle school. I'm like, sure. Yeah, let's hop on the phone. Let's talk about it. Like, cool. What business do you want to start? You know, 
I think that's really cool and something that I really enjoy doing. And yeah, that's really it. Number 16 is morning routines aren't my friend. Don't convince me I need a morning routine. Point blank period. Number 17 is TSA pre-check is God's gift to this earth. You guys, if you do not have TSA pre-check and you're traveling more than like four to five times a year, you need to get TSA pre-check, which basically is a fast pass. You know, well, some of us have been to Disneyland, but if you go to any sort of like theme park and you get the fast pass, that's what TSA pre-check is to the airport. Okay. You literally get to skip the crazy line and go straight for the short line and you don't have to take your shoes off. You don't have to take your toiletries out. You don't have to take your laptop out. You literally just put everything on the thing, the little belt, and then you walk through and then you go and life is, is amazing. It's, I'm going to tell you the price and you're going to die. $80 for five years. This fast pass lasts you five years for $80. It's the best freaking deal in the whole entire world. Done. Number 18 is to always have a ton of funny YouTube videos on deck for those high anxiety moments. Again, if you suffer from anxiety, if you suffer from any other mental health situation, then I would suggest you take the time to understand what it is that you need in those moments. So that way you can anticipate and you can take care of yourself, but also the people around you also know what to do because it's, it's never fun when you're in a relationship or, or something where you're struggling and you can't let the other person know how to make you feel better. That's just not really a fun place to be. So for me, lesson I learned is to always have a ton of funny YouTube videos on deck when I get super anxious. Number 19 is people always reveal how important you are with your actions, not their words. Here's the thing. I totally get when you're dating somebody and you want them to want you so badly because you really like them and all of this stuff. However, if you are having to make excuses, if you are having to analyze everything they're doing. If you have to guess where you're at in everything, it's, it's just not a good sign. The end point blank period. And I think that, again, this goes back to the fact that I haven't been super all in, in any of my relationships to where, you know, there were a couple of them that I definitely stayed in way too long. However, it, it's not, it's one of those things that you have to always be just evaluating like where people are. And so many times I'm just hearing conversations of people, well, he didn't call me back, but then he texted me the next day, but then he Facebook messaged me the next day. And then, you know, I don't know what he thinks of me. And I don't play those games. Like I legitimately do not play those games. There was one person who I really, really wanted to date. And he did not want to date me. And I was okay with that. I was sad at first a little bit. uh, But I also understood he didn't say no, I don't want to date you. But I invited him to go on a date. Oddly enough, it wasn't like categorized as such. But I just like, hey, do you want to go grab wine? And we went to a wine bar. And it was interesting because I could, you know, you could just tell when people are into you and he didn't ask me a lot of questions about myself. So, you know, I was just like, okay, I am getting the signal that 
you're not into me and that's okay. So I'm not going to get all hussy fussied when we aren't, we don't text after this. Totally going to be fine. So I think, well, you know, he, it's, it is what it is. Not that I'm still sad about it because I don't even actually know him that well. So let's be real. But I think that it is one of those things where you have to be really, really honest with yourself. And if it's really complicated, really difficult, and people are giving you the runaround, just walk away. I understand that you fear being alone, but dealing with crazy is worse than being alone. Can we all just can we all just decide that today, please? That would be a great birthday wish to come true. All right. Number 20 is my love language is quality time, which I think is actually the most annoying love language of all of them because quality time means something different to every single person whose love language is quality time. Like for me, if we are going on a bike, let's say, let's do something else. If we are both doing laundry together or we both are doing cooking together or both whatever, doing something together, I don't really equate that. My quality time is having really deep conversations, (laughs) hence why we're doing the podcast. And so that kind of sucks for the other person because if they don't like deep conversations, then it's going to be a really long road for you. But I think it's just one of those things that you just really have to talk out. I guess similar to gifts when you say, you know, gifts can mean trips to Hawaii versus flowers versus chocolates you you kind of have to figure out what what people spices but quality time is just annoying because you have to give up one of your most valuable resources which is time so sucks for you all but thankfully none of my friends and people really minded so I guess I guess I'm winning lesson number 21 you can make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches a ton of ways just pick your way and run with it okay this one is just sometimes people put peanut butter first sometimes people put jelly first sometimes people spread the peanut butter and jelly in a bowl separately and then spread it on the toast some people toast the toast some people don't toast the toast some people do a diagonal cut versus a straight cut you know some people leave the crust on some people it's like there's so many ways to do life there's so many ways to be successful in life there's so many ways to be happy in life just pick your way and go with it. Don't be worried about how everybody else is making their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Everybody's getting hopefully to the same point of being happy in their life. So just make a PB&J, eat it, go on, move about your life. Number 22, this is a lesson slash thing that I allow myself to do. You can complain as long as you actually do the thing. So a lot of times I'll complain about stuff um, not because I would consider myself a huge complainer, but just, I sometimes just need the vent because again, I'm an inter- internal processor. So a lot of times I need to get it out, which has actually helped my anxiety a lot. But so complaining is a form of that for me. And so I kind of give myself this thing where you can complain as long as you actually do the thing that you're complaining about. For example, sometimes yoga, I don't want to go to yoga. I actually went twice today. But anyway, I sometimes don't want to go to yoga and, but I will sit there and complain about yoga, about going to yoga, about doing the whole thing. I get sweaty. I have to shower, do my hair, blah, 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 blah. And 
as I'm complaining, I'm literally putting on my yoga gear. I'm getting in my car and I'm driving three minutes down the street to yoga. And the next thing I know, I'm at yoga with the person saying, hi, what class are you doing? I'm like, oh, well, here I am. Like, let me just swipe my card because obviously I'm not going to just drive back and not go. So that's a rule that I had to give myself. Number 23 is collaborations are way more fun than solo accomplishments. I can go on and on about things that I've accomplished in my life by myself, but honestly, to me, it's way more fun to collaborate with somebody and enjoy the the ride. And not that you can't enjoy the ride on solo accomplishments. However, for me, a lesson I learned is just collaborations for me are where it's at. I don't really like doing stuff by myself. Number 24 is the journey matters, but so does the destination. And here's an example. So say that like your family member is going into a life or death surgery. The doctor comes out, I don't know, 16 hours later and they're saying, you know, oh, like, you know, it was 16 hours. I canceled my nail appointment. I only took two bathroom breaks. You know, I did this. It was a really long surgery. They're going on and on about the journey. They're talking about the journey, talking about the journey. And it's like, bruh. All I care about is the destination. Is my person alive or not? And so, and so, you know, this might be, I guess, counter to what a lot of people say about, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And I half agree because the destination is also very important. If you pick the wrong destination also, if you're in a GPS and you pick the wrong destination, the journey isn't fun because then you end up at a destination you didn't want to be at and then you're angry and then you got to go and get yourself frosty at Wendy's just to make you calm down and th- nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. So for me, the journey matters, but so does the destination. Lesson number 25. I This is actually a lesson I learned from Dale Carnegie. And I try to make every conversation about the other person. It is very, and I'm not doing this on purpose in the sense of I'm not sharing who I am or what I'm about or all that stuff on purpose because I'm trying to hide something. However, uh, if anybody's read How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie talks a lot about how if you want the person you're having a conversation with to walk away feeling like this was the best conversation in the world, you make it all about them. You say their name, which is the sweetest sound to anybody. You talk, you ask them questions, you dive deep, you really listen, you're an active listener. And so I've really trained myself to, I don't even want to say use this tactic because I genuinely care about the majority of people I'm talking to. And honestly, I would say that literally this is how I've gotten so far in life. And I'm not here to say that I'm on the mountaintop because I'm definitely not. However, I've gotten a lot of opportunities. I've gotten a lot of really amazing friendships that I may not have gotten because I made our initial conversation about them. And so this is something that I challenge you to do and at least test yourself because again, a lot of times I'm not talking about myself. And again, it's not because I don't want to share who I am. It's I want them to have a good conversation. And so I'm going to sacrifice talking about myself, which everybody loves to talk about themselves. And if you don't, you're lying. You know, it's, it's for the sake of what the real purpose of the conversation is, which I want them to enjoy the conversation. Lesson number 26 is just a funny one. Uh, from now on, this is real talk. 
from now on, my butt is only going to get bigger, not smaller. And this is just a lesson slash realization that I'm coming to because, you know, it's just, it's just not going to happen. And while I guess I'm okay with it, you know, you just kind of learn to, to deal with it. It'd be really nice to just not have to deal with that as much. So TMI, call what you want to call it. But uh, yeah, that's lesson 26. Lesson 27 is that I honestly can be my worst enemy more than anyone or anything else. And I honestly get, get in my own way 10 times out of 10. I have one of the most supportive circles of influence between my parents, between my family, extended from that, between my friends, between my business relationships, my masterminds. I, I have so much support that it's honestly stupid. Like, it's like, what, what planet are you on that you have so many people rooting for you? It doesn't even make any sense. And here's the thing. My own mindset is what's really like effed up. It really gets in the way for me of any and all success that I could have, would have, should have had by now. And it's something that I'm consistently working at. It's something that I, again, have been very aware of. And my, my lesson is to never stop doing the mindset work. Never stop moving myself forward because I shouldn't be my worst enemy. I should be my biggest cheerleader. But that's really hard for me. So I admitted that here as one of my lessons. And then lesson 28 is, honestly, I believe 28 is going to be a really great year. I can feel it. For some reason, I have something with even years. So 2018, generally speaking, even years, just I do, I just have really great even years. So I'm really excited for what is to come in the near, near future. And I am just honored that you're on the ride with me. So Thanks for listening to all of my lessons and hopefully you've been able to take a nugget or two with you, but that's all I got. Thanks for listening to System Save Me. If you want to get the links to anything we talked about, go to systemsaveme.com. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you on the next episode.